Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle, and today is March 25th, 2022, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Happy Friday to everybody. It's been a week, hasn't it? I'm joined today by Eric Thornton, Commodity Specialist of McKinney Flavelle. Hello, Eric. How are you today? Hey, Mike. I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, man, I'm fine. My Zags lost last night to uh, a very tough Arkansas team. So congratulations. A couple upsets there. A couple one seeds going down. Yeah, Arizona's out. Yeah, Arizona's <laughs> out. Uh, Duke is out. Wait, no, they're not out yet. <laughs> yeah, Duke's in there. But Kevin's Kentucky Wildcats got out early. Yeah, no, he, he reminded me. And, and you know what it was, is that before the game, I said, oh, they'll win, Kevin. And they didn't. And he was mad at me. Ooh. He was very mad. He's so mad he didn't join the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Eric, I thought today uh, we would talk a little bit about uh, the avian flu that's come up in the news and uh, just your your take on it, how you think it might impact some of the markets that we follow. And uh, then we can end, I thought, some high-level stuff on the acreage report that comes out. We'll be doing a podcast on the acreage report next week. Mm-hmm. Eric, this is going to be a podcast week. If you, if it's just going to be on beyond belief in podcast for McKinney, we have that, and then we have also Craig Ruffalo, who's been at the Future Foods uh, seminar uh, conference in San Francisco. Here, he's going to give a nice recap uh, early next week uh, on what's happening there. That's the a lot of good content coming out, people. Yes, future of foods. So uh, interesting stuff. Um, I still have yet to get uh, Craig to try an Impossible Burger, but uh, maybe <laughs> I'll get that someday. <laughs> anyway, so why don't you uh, dive into the uh, sure. flu and, and tell us what you what you think's happening? Yeah. So this is something we've we've been hinting at and highlighting and, and monitoring for the better part of the last. Uh, really two months since the beginning of this year since it started to make its way around the news world. But um, yes, the avian influenza or bird flu, and this particular strain is referred to as uh, H5N1. And it's certainly taking off and seems to be getting worse and worse each week. And especially so as we entered the month of March, where things really seem to have... uh, taken off and are starting to show uh, some impacts, which I'll get into a little bit later in terms of um, not only price, but uh, long-term expectations fundamentally for for corn and for feed and just the industry as a whole. So 17 states roughly have been impacted thus far in the United States, uh, again, with roughly a doubling of cases in March alone. Some of the hardest areas hit are in the East Coast and in the Midwest. And it started really with a lot of the um, migratory birds and some of the wild uh, geese and Canadian geese, ducks, and a lot of those movements from those birds and, and spreading the flu in the Midwest is seemingly what's caused uh, this, this current outbreak, which um, some of the studies they've done in parts of Nebraska and the Midwest, just random studies of, of the geese population there show that nearly all the birds uh, or majority of the birds have it or have had it. So it's certainly 
uh, running pretty rampant and it is very lethal and contagious to the poultry industry. So chickens, uh, turkeys, and we've seen a lot of cases in the last two, three weeks, you know, 190,000 birds in South Dakota euthanized and called 570,000 broilers, chickens in Nebraska were called. And just this week, a, a very large egg laying facility in Iowa, just below 6 million egg layer chickens were, were called and infected with the virus, 3 million layers in Wisconsin. So we're starting to see some pretty large numbers creep up here. And this is already looking to be the largest outbreak since the last, we'll call it mega outbreak of 2014 and into the spring and summer of 2015, where we had a very, very severe outbreak with over 50 million birds or nearly half the egg laying population in Iowa alone was impacted. So looks to uh, certainly be become a, a pretty big issue. We've had five egg laying facilities in Iowa be impacted. Um, and again, like I mentioned, some broiler operations in the Southeast. So Nebraska, Arkansas, we've seen some uh, a disaster emergency as recently as yesterday declared in parts of Iowa and Arkansas to help contain and increase, you know, biohazard prevention measures and yeah. cleaning measures so they can contain the spread, which some of the learnings in the industry looking back from 2015 to now is, is there was a a lot of procedural and process uh, improvements to that arena of, of biohazard and bio prevention in, in this instance. So, you know, whether it's cleaning trucks, you know, veterinarians who are going from farm to farm, oh. having better cleaning pr- practices and procedures, suiting up in full garbs before entering these hen houses or, or farms is some some of the things that they these places have taken on and businesses have taken on. But it is a very contagious uh, virus. And ultimately, if one bird becomes infected, uh, it's only a matter of time before the entire flock gets it. So that's why it's big concern to try and keep it away from from spreading even to one single hen or turkey in this case. But it's, um, you know, what that may do in the long run um, is it may actually offset some feed demand, which could be perceived as, you know, bearish, which is tough to find in today's market for corn, for instance. So kind of chatting with Nicole a little bit earlier this morning and getting some figures of what maybe we could see uh, offset for feed demand. Uh, Poultry makes up about a third of that category, which is currently projected at 5.65 billion bushels of feed. So if you take that down by a third, you're looking at roughly 1.8 billion bushels for poultry. And, you know, this impact could be somewhere in a 15 to 20, maybe 25% range, depending on the severity Mm -hmm. of that. So you're looking at maybe somewhere around 250 to maybe 300, 350 million bushels. If this really persists and and gets worse as kind of a worst case scenario, but that would, that would obviously help to improve the balance sheet a little bit, which we know is is likely to remain pretty snug this summer, and even into the following crop year, depending on our production numbers here. But that's, um, you know, bearish in that case. But unfortunately, the negative result or the bullish impact is what it could do to the, any of the egg laying industrial products that, you know, folks and our clients buy today. So, uh, egg yolk solids, um, egg whole egg yolk powders anything 
derived from that arena mm-hmm. seems to be getting getting more concerning here, even in the, the days of this week where I've heard um, you know some panic buying taking place, making sure people have their supply in order throughout sure. this remainder of this calendar year. Pricing um, was already very high considering the high corn prices and high soybean meal prices we're seeing. So again, that feed component or that input for raising these chickens is, is the real main cost driver. And now that uh, we're seeing this spread of the flu, you know, egg prices are starting to go up substantially and, you know, could go even higher if this starts to get more and more cases throughout the U.S. and in particular the Midwest. So really some fear buying, again, pricing that has nearly doubled, I think, in just this week alone. Jeez. So the impacts are already live and it's no longer just a, a watch. It's certainly um, something that is actively taken place and we're already seeing some some impacts. So certainly keep your you know supply agreements in check with your current suppliers if you are buying some of those egg-related products. But ultimately, um, you know, hopefully this does not turn into a 2015 event and we can keep this contained. So sure. that's um, been a hot topic of the last, you know, 10 days and something we've um, been ready to, to talk about. So we'll obviously be keeping that in our um, discussions here moving forward. Great. Uh, Good recap. Yeah, we'll be keeping a a close eye on this and keep people up to date on uh, what transpires. But certainly at this point, sounds like a uh, not a good situation. So, Eric, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, kind of some ideas for next week's uh, acreage report? Sure. Yeah, no, we have a big report coming out next Thursday on the 31st, the Prospective Planning Intentions Report and the Farmer-Based Survey that took place earlier this month. So, a lot of um, scrutiny goes into those numbers each year and a lot of uh, market attention, obviously, as we gear up towards the spring planting season. But ultimately, and just to keep it kind of short and sweet, the market seems to have priced and has a pre-report estimate for corn somewhere around 92 million acres, uh, soybeans closer to 88, maybe 88 and a half million acres, and wheat coming in right about 48 million total acres for winter plus spring wheat. So, you know, where market reaction and prices go in relation to that report is, you know, how much of a change up or down we see from from those numbers. My belief is we could see, I think that'll be pretty close to those numbers, to be honest. You know, there's a lot of incentive to plant each of these grains right now. So corn seems to kind of steal more of the acres over time in a typical year, but obviously this is a pretty different year where we obviously could use a lot more wheat. We could use a lot more soybeans for all the demand and issues that have been caused there. So, you know, I think it'll be pretty close to those numbers, Mike. I don't see a huge shock, knock on wood, uh, looking at the report. So, you know, I, I don't think we'll see too much in the way of deviation, you know, plus or minus a million acres from those numbers that I just, I just mentioned. Got it. Okay, we will wrap this up. A couple things, just uh, real quick. Next uh, week, we will uh, Eric will be on to talk about uh, the results of the acreage report. Um, on April sixth, we will have our spring market outlook webinar. So, if you would like to register the, for that, uh, go to our website at mckinney flavellcom And finally, April twenty seventh 
if you want to come in person and meet Eric, you can. You can come to our our spring market seminar <laughs> and uh, meet all the uh, analysts that we have here at McKinney Flavel. And you can go to our website at McKinney-Flavel.com to register for that April 27th in Oak Brook, Illinois at the La Meridian. And guess what? If you can't travel, it's okay. You have a virtual option that you can you can click on and uh, you can join us virtually in spirit, as they say. And so we'll look forward to seeing folks uh, either virtually or in person at that as well. Awesome. So, Eric, I think I think we should let uh, folks go on with their weekend. Great recap, as always. As I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute moment uh, that you have with your friends and family. Congratulations to Stella, my daughter, for pitching last night in softball Ooh, and getting awesome. a strikeout in her first game and not allowing any runs. And apparently, I owe everybody on the team a slushy because they scored wow, so many okay. runs in one inning. <laughs> and I mistakenly said, if you do this many runs in an inning, I'll buy everybody a slushy. Wow. <laughs> hey, look, I'm doing my part. Slushies on Mike. Slushies on Mike, and I'm doing my part to to uh, uh, support the sugar and corn sweetener industries. So there you go. There we go. All right. Well, uh, take care, everybody, and have a great weekend. Bye now. Take care. Bye. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favelle.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.